everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 29. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Emil Froyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. So we have our uh, Week 29 report that uh, has just come out. We may be seeing pretty much the status quo. What did you see from CNNCP this week? Yeah, I think status quo is uh, a pretty good description. Uh, top line performance for both railways was not good again in week 29. CN kind of held the line um, and CP slid backwards a little bit. CN, 44%, two weeks in a row. And if you go back over the last three, 44, 44, 45. So not much happening at the top for CN, unfortunately. Um, And to put that in some perspective, that we're now eight straight weeks for CN where they have not managed to supply shippers with at least 50% of the cars ordered on time. So not a, a stellar statistic to be sure. We did see some improvement in the Vancouver corridor um, which is a positive uh, because it is CN's most important corridor by volume right now. So they managed to supply 71% uh, of orders for Vancouver, which was a sight better than the 47% uh, they saw in the prior week. Unfortunately, as, as we've seen too often this year, they don't seem to have the ability to perform well in multiple corridors in the same week. So they were basically terrible in all other corridors other than Vancouver. And as good as they were in Vancouver, um, that wasn't enough to carry overall performance for the week. I guess the one bright spot that we might talk about um, for CN is they did do a pretty good job uh, of reducing their outstanding order count in week 29. knocked it down by almost 850 cars, which is, you know, significant gain given where they've been. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, that's happening uh, within the context of the railway, really not raising the level of cars that they're spotting each week. So what that means is the only way that you reduce your outstanding order count, um, if you're spotting the same number of cars is you sacrifice uh, spotting cars for current week orders which is why we see 44% order fulfillment. So that's a choice they've made and they seem to be sticking with it at least for the last couple of weeks. So essentially they're, sorry, so essentially what, I mean, the the strategy there could be just to wait till demand totally drops. So they don't, (laughs) you know, wait out the, the small grain crop. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're good, if you've got a problem like they've got, you've got two choices. You can either apply more assets to the problem to try and uh, keep up with current demand and work off the backlog at the same time. But what we're seeing is, you know, the level of cars being spotted week in and week out for a number of months now is holding pretty steady. So they're foregoing performance on a week to week basis and allocating the cars that they do have in service against um, the outstanding order count. So it does appear, I mean, outwardly, obviously we're not privy to internal conversations at CN, but when you look at it from the outside looking in, it looks like they've decided that they're gonna ride out the grain year 
and uh, keep their assets in storage and uh, work off the backlog as best they can and just kind of work their way to the end of the year and presumably be better when we get to the new grain year. But I mean, I don't know any other rationale that I can think of as to why we're seeing what we're seeing. And CP, um, CP yeah, similar? CP, well, went backwards a little bit, actually, in, in uh, week 29. Not a lot, but, you know, they dropped from, I think, 59% to 55. So a little bit better than CN, but again, that's not saying a lot. Um, and for them, they've now missed the 60% threshold uh, in supplying cars for current week orders in eight of nine weeks. So it's just legendarily bad performance from both railways and what's really amazing is how long it's gone on like we're now you know in this for month three going on month four with with you know not much of a light at the end of the tunnel that we can see cp in week 29 you know not really good anywhere um vancouver was probably the best they did at 69 percent which is admittedly better than what they've been doing over the last couple of months. But again, uh, not good anywhere else, less than 10% of cars supplied for orders to Eastern Canada, to the U S and to the Vancouver domestic market. So, you know, as good as they were quote unquote to Vancouver, just like CN, not enough to carry the day for overall top line performance. Unfortunately, unlike CN, CP uh, not making much progress in week 29 on their outstanding order count. Whereas CN took a big chunk out of theirs, CP numbers actually went up a little bit. So now they're sitting at about 1,500 cars, uh, which is about 60% higher than CN. CN's just around 970 right now, which is a bit of a reversal from what we've seen the last couple of months. The numbers on CN have for a number of weeks been a lot higher than on CP and that equation seems to be shifting in the last couple of weeks. So good for CN shippers in some respects, not so good for CP and overall the system counts are coming down, but certainly not as fast as people would like to see. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, pretty incredible how, how the capacity just seems to be so limited on, on both railways right now, or at least for not right now for, Pretty much the entire year but for provincial performance some interesting numbers in there uh let's start with alberta yeah well just as a general statement uh, at a provincial level uh, some huge swings province to province for both railways like super inconsistent um in alberta uh, cn delivered their best week of performance uh bar none uh, for the entire year so far this year 99%, as close as you could be to being perfect without being perfect. Now, admittedly, uh, they did that on the lowest demand that we've seen in any week this year. But I think, you know, uh, given the performance that, that uh, we've seen, you take your victories, however small, wherever you can find them. And so for CN shippers in Alberta, week 29 was, was a pretty good week. Not so much for CP. Um, because both railways can't seem to deliver well in the same place in the same week. They only managed to supply 40%, um, which was obviously not very good. Um, it's their worst performance in 10 weeks and their second worst performance of the year to date. And it was all about Vancouver, which was 100% of demand and they delivered 40%, so not too good. 
if, if we look at the other provinces, uh, Manitoba, uh, incredible really is, uh, I'm running out of words to describe the performance that Manitoba shippers are seeing. Uh, just another terrible week uh, in week 29 uh, from both railways, 0%, um, which is quite remarkable really from both CN and CP. CN has now supplied uh, none of the cars ordered by Manitoba shippers for three straight weeks and five times in the last six weeks. Um, and it doesn't seem to matter what corridor Manitoba shippers want to ship in or that they order cars for. Uh, this week, it happened to be Vancouver and Eastern Canada. The result is the same. I mean, just zeros across the board. And I think they had one week in there where they were 13%, which is not exactly stellar in and of itself. CP keeping pace, unfortunately, um, two weeks in a row now where they've delivered zero. Uh, this week it was about the US and the Eastern Canada corridor and you know, obviously both zeros, so not good at all. Saskatchewan was you know, kind of like Alberta in the sense that there was a really wide gap uh, in performance between the two railways, just reversed. So whereas CN was really good in Alberta and CP was not good in Alberta, when we get to Saskatchewan, CN was not so good in Alberta and CP was better. So CN was a little worse than they were in week 28. They dropped from 42% to 39. And again, here in Saskatchewan, they haven't hit the 50% mark for eight straight weeks. Um, and really, uh, you know, performance was carried by how poorly they did in, in the two most important corridors, Vancouver, where they delivered 55%, and Prince Rupert, where they delivered zero. And that pretty much set the tone for overall performance for Saskatchewan shippers. CP was much better. Uh, their best performance in more than a month at 75%, which in normal times we would say is not great, maybe acceptable, but given the way things have been going this year, uh, pretty good. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, CP delivered that performance on the highest demand we've seen from Saskatchewan shippers in two plus months. So that's, uh, that's an interesting um, observation. Uh, the Vancouver corridor, uh, which is not unusual, was the biggest and the most important. And it pretty much carried the day at the top line with CP delivering 84% of cars, although they were less good in other corridors. Thanks, Milton. Yeah, on that demand. So looking ahead, uh, is it still, are you seeing, because you can't see a little bit ahead uh, on, on demand, or is it still a steady downward trend or, or is this uptick that we saw in this week at least, or that or the week 29, is that continuing? It looks like we're going to have a, an uptick in week 30 uh, for both railways based on the numbers that we can see. There's always a little bit of uh, questionable visibility on CP's numbers because, of course, their traffic is dominated by their dedicated train orders and shippers uh, exercise significant license week to week to set trains back, depending on how their pipelines are working. So that number might come down. But right now, based on our preliminary view, it looks like demand is going to rise for both CN and CP in week 30. Having said that, still at the lowest levels in five years for this time of year. Uh, week 31, um, which is this week in real time, likely to turn the other way. Uh, the early numbers that we have for week 31 look like there's going to be uh, 
pretty healthy drop for both railways, which is, you know, pretty consistent with what we've seen uh, so far um, this year. So no, no uh, uh, great anticipation of the downward trend that we've seen all year, uh, really turning the corner in any meaningful way in the next two weeks. Looking ahead, I mean, as you noted for CN, some eating away at that back backlog, I guess, you know, the, the big point here is whether, well, obviously the backlog is going to disappear, but, um, you know, over the next few weeks, just to see how, how much it disappears versus current demand, I guess, eh? Yeah, it's really going to be about the pace. So CN has turned in a couple of good weeks. CP had not a good week this past week, but they were good the week prior. So, you know, at the risk of appearing optimistic in these dire circumstances, I would say that there's a good chance that we're going to see some improvement in that number, uh, likely from both railways, although given what we just saw, I'm not quite sure where it's going to come from. But overall, we should probably see that number uh, continue to go down. Um, And when you look farther out, I mean... I think the one thing that most people acknowledge is that the grain supply is going to continue to dwindle. Um, And if nothing else, that dwindling supply is going to reduce orders going forward every week. And and if the railways maintain their capacity levels, which while we accept are below what's required, that probably will result in the backlog clearing at some point. So is that two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? I'm not sure, but over the course of the next four to six weeks, I would say is probably a reasonable guess. Okay. Well, we'll be watching as always, Milt. Uh, thanks again for your time today. Uh, for those who would like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.